Welcome to the Music Plays the Band podcast. We're going to be sitting down with musicians, artists, band members, friends and family to talk about what drives them to create great music. Asking more than just the typical questions, who's inspired you or what music do you like, we're going to ask the why behind what motivates them to create great music. And while we're up here, we expect y'all to drink, we expect y'all to dance and have a good time. Bass player. Um, I play mandolin, accordion, penny whistle. Okay. And uh, who else uh, is in the band? Um, we got a banjo player, a fiddler, an acoustic guitar player, a drummer, and a dedicated singer slash kazoo player. <laughs> too, too many. Yes. <laughs> and what kind of music do you guys do? Call it Scotch Irish hillbilly music, okay. old time and bluegrass and Celtic music. Yeah. Played fast and loud and poorly. <laughs> what, where's the emphasis there? Poorly. I mean, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, it's an equal mix of all three. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All that stuff comes from the same place if you go back far enough. Okay. Like all, you can trace most of American music back when Scotch Irish fiddle players met black banjo players in the Carolinas. Yeah. Way back when, 1740s. Uh, it, all, okay. it all comes from the same place. Yeah, nice. Mm. And uh, so, let's see. You guys uh, are you from around this area? Yeah, I'm from Southern Alamance County. Okay. I grew up in Durham. Durham. We got members of the band from all over. Yeah. Morganton up in the mountains, over to Benson, right around here. Mm-hmm. Um, all and, of North Carolina. Yeah. And did any of you guys play together before the band, or how did you get connected? We've known each other since we were six. Yeah. Uh, we played a little bit of music growing up. Yeah. I've known William, our singer, since I was ten. I've been in multiple bands with him. Yeah. Um, yeah we, we put this lineup together in the summer of 2016, I think. Yeah. Um, I'd been in a, an Irish folk band of sorts, and 
when that fell apart, I called all my friends and yeah. put this together. I think the first time I saw you was uh, 16 at Shakori Hills in the fall. Was that, would that be right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. And that was, that was pretty good. That was nice. a good one. Um, so, let's see. Was it 16 or 17? It was 17. 17. 17. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, how's the, like, how have you guys developed in two years now? Oh, we've grown a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. We're a little bit tighter. Yeah. Louder and faster and louder and faster. Tighter. Yeah. We just recorded an album, um, so you know, making stuff. Yeah. yeah, tell me about the album. Let's promote it a little bit. Um, it well, we finally found an engineer that'll let us record like all in the same room and live and no click tracks and all at the same time and okay. And as a result, it know, it doesn't sound good, but it sounds like us, which is yeah. what cool. I wanted it to be. And that's yeah. like live recordings are popular for that. You get the real yeah. feel of the yeah. band. Yeah. Like um, it, all of my, or most of my favorite records are not creations of the studio. They're mm-hmm. just representations of what the band happened to sound like on that day when they right. played those songs. Well, and that's kind of a little bit where I want to go with this. Like, tell me, name a couple, either of you guys. Uh, favorite records? Yeah, sure. Um, what is Alison Krauss and Human Station. Yeah, that live record. <laughs> live record. Is I listen incredible. to that every single morning. Yeah. Really. So, um, what is it about that that gets you? It's just good, man. <laughs> it's, it's a really good bluegrass band playing really good songs. Yeah. But, yeah. And I mean, is there something about the live element that like, I, speaks to you? Yeah. Can, for me, it really just like can take me there. I'm like. Can envision hearing it and seeing it be played. Yeah, a lot of times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's nothing getting in the way of all those people telling you all those stories, whether it's right. their instruments or singing or whatnot. Yeah. Was, I mean, nice. That, I've probably listened to that album more than I have any other record. Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool. Well, let's go back a little bit. Like, um, what's your first memory as a child? Uh, that involves music. I've got a really nice and cool sounding romantic one. Um, okay. My dad used to take me up to Hyman County, Kentucky to one of the settlement schools all the time uh-huh. um, when I was little. And he used to play with this lady named Jean Ritchie, who is the woman that brought the mountain dulcimer out of the Appalachians and into the semi into the public consciousness. Okay. Uh, she taught Dylan a whole bunch of songs when he lived in Greenwich Village. Yeah. Um, and I remember sitting on the porch of the Hanman Settlement School in Troublesome Creek and sitting, like, leaning up against my dad's shin and listening to her play the dulcimer and sing. Okay. And it, that's one of my earliest memories. About how old were you? Three, four? Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. How about for you? Um, well, actually, I grew up. My family all did a orchestra and played stringed instruments. Um, so I was handed a fiddle when I was about five. Mm-hmm. Started taking lessons. Um, I don't play anymore, but um, yeah. So just like early orchestra and contra dance memories, mostly. Yeah. And what was it that got you guys into, well, you kind of touched on it, but got you into actually playing and being kind of serious about it? 
I kind of fell into being serious about music yeah. ass backwards. Yeah. I, I, I grew up playing old time music. My dad's a bass player also. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was 15 or 16, I did the like, ah, I'm going to rebel against my parents and buy an electric bass and play rock and roll thing. It was a bad phase. It was a bad phase. <laughs> <laughs> I don't miss it. Yeah. Um, and like I played in rock and roll bands that like played out a little bit, but I ran into this fiddler named Michael Granatoski. He's an Irish fiddler. He used to play at the old Tiernanog in Raleigh. And we started playing together and playing out, and before I knew it, I was... I figured out you could play music for money? Somehow? <laughs> Not much of it, but... <laughs> a little bit. Seemed good to me. Yeah. Was, uh, were you busking with him, or... No, just... like, that was the first time I've ever like really played bars and festivals and whatnot yeah. was with him. Mm-hmm. And... Like, I didn't ever mean to do it, but here we are. Okay. And how about for you, Alan? Like, your family was into it. What kind of got yeah. you propelled into um, it? So I just, like, kept... I've played music for so long that I just always wanted to play an instrument, and then I um, met this girl, Ella Bertram. She was, like, a folk singer, just, like, playing her own songs, and started playing with her, and played with her for a couple of years. We had a little band for a while. Mm-hmm. And just it's you know it's infectious. You just want to keep playing. Yeah. What about the accordion? How'd you get like oh the accordion <laughs> onto that? Yeah. So I quit playing violin when I was ten, and then I was looking for an instrument. I had the penny whistle and I'd play it some, and then I just saw someone playing the accordion. And I was like eleven, and I was like, <laughs> that's for that's, me. Huh? That's the one. I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, was there is there a specific person or event that got you to go towards music as like a career I mean you guys you guys are relatively young so you might go on to other things but right now it's this is your full time gig yeah for most mostly part. mostly try to be yeah um, for me it was I I grew up doing a lot of contra dancing um, okay. going up to the mountains and dancing yeah. there's a local community in Chapel Hill Durham and it was just so so fun and the sense of community that comes around and the music is such a such a core part of it yeah and then just like that was just so inspiring for me. It's definitely. Okay. How about for you, Ben? And like I've always played, like I've always loved playing old time music and bluegrass and all that sort of thing. Uh, but it never really clicked for me that like that was always just music that I had, you know, played on someone's porch or for a dance or this, that and the other. I didn't realize really that you could perform it and do that as something meaningful with your life rather than just something you did in the evenings and so yeah. like three four years ago there's no particular event I just started doing it and yeah. before I knew it <laughs> just kind of rode that train yeah. And yeah still on it slippery slope yeah <laughs> so uh, how does it work like you guys are as far as members go you're a bigger band how does it work with incorporating everybody into the music does does everybody write the music? Does everybody <laughs> participate in like the creation of the songs? Um, yeah, mm-hmm. the, some of them. A lot of our singer will write a lot. He'll have lyrics and he'll bring chords and songs to us, and we'll sometimes pair them up with like we got one song we played that there's a tune I wrote in it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a little instrumental tune that we stuck in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, so it's a kind of a collaboration. Okay. Uh, we play a lot of old traditional stuff too. Yeah, a lot just, of yeah. traditional stuff sort of, I mean, what you'd call covers, but they're just traditional songs that right. yeah. go well with what you guys do. Yeah. 
Um, well, and you were talking a little bit about the history of like bluegrass, Celtic music, and then bringing the banjo into it, that kind of thing. Uh, tell me a little bit more about that with what you guys. <laughs> I'm a frustrated music history major. <laughs> oh. oh yeah. It, like, all anything that you can call American music. Basically comes from when the Scotch-Irish, who were Lowland Scots that then moved to Ireland, came over um, to the United, well, then the colonies, uh, prior to the Revolutionary War. And they were all fiddle players and had Celtic fiddle tunes. And then bumped into a whole bunch of slaves in mostly the Cape Fear River Valley. Okay. And start, and they had banjos. The banjo is a Senegambian instrument. Mm-hmm. And they started playing together, and as soon as the 1750s, you've got letters from travelers of fiddle and banjo bands oh, yeah? playing what they call Gaelic music uh-huh. then. And that moved on into what we call old-time music, yeah. which is fiddle tunes for the most part, things that you'd play for dances, not really songs with words. Right. And then that, you know, the farther you go along, it forks off into bluegrass or country music or... Mm-hmm. Anything else of that nature, blues. Okay. And uh, I want to take it back to the roots a little bit, like find where all all the different branches that music has gone yeah. to and pull it back together. Well, so that's something I want to talk about. Like when you guys are making music, what are you, what are you going for? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you going for like helping everybody have a good time, the energy, or? Telling stories or I would all of it. I would say in our in our shows, I'm definitely yeah. Like I want I want the crowd to be dancing. I want to have a good time with everybody there. Yeah, that's my yeah. goal. Okay. In general, when I'm when I play music, it's um, oh, it's hard. I don't know. It's just like it's a little. It's a. <laughs> I don't know how to say it without sounding like an asshole. Um. You don't want to play anything you don't mean. Yeah. You want to mean everything you play. Genuine. Yeah. But it's not like we're telling any great stories or making any profound statements about anything. Uh, Music should be something that brings people together and have them enjoy themselves. Uh, Yeah. I think a lot of people, for some reason, think that music shouldn't be fun. And I don't like that. I think <laughs> yeah. that it should be. I mean, if anything, your guys' music is fun, for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, definitely. Yeah. Well, um, let's see. What's that? What's that? <laughs> what, uh, like, who were some of your inspirations growing up? Like, musicians or albums or that kind of thing? Or even currently, like, um, modern day? Um, growing up, so I yeah I grew up with a lot of country dance music. Um, so there's some there's like a country dance band from New England called Wild Asparagus, mm-hmm. and they you know play some rocking dance music. Um, and it's just like my sister gave me a, a tape tape of theirs when I was really little, and I had a little tape player, and I would just walk around playing that. What was it about it that um, got you? I don't, I don't know. Just the the feel, the pulse to it, just like really. Yeah. yeah. Okay. How about for you, Ben? The you, music. What my, do you like listening to? I listen to a lot of old country music most okay. of the time, but my biggest music influence is undoubtedly the music my dad plays. Yeah. Straight up old time music. Yeah. Just 
fiddle tunes, good melodies, good energy. Oh yeah. And played for no other reason than the joy of playing music. Right. So, what uh, what do you guys like? I don't know. You've been together about two years, as far as band goes. What's some kind of crazy stuff you've seen out on the road and playing different shows and festivals? <laughs> I'm sure you guys um, have some stories. Um, I'm gonna go with the Tybee Island coffee cup story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we were down in Tybee Island, Georgia. Um, played this show at a bar called Huckapoo's, um, and ended up going back to this weird sort of swinger house with a pool um, and all sorts of things transpired but when we got back to pick up our drummer the next day he was bleeding from this enormous gash on his head and it turned out that he had um, him and a woman he had met that night had climbed up in a tree house and the treehouse was swaying so much back and forth that a giant ornamental coffee mug fell off the top shelf and brained him. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sliced his head open. That's a good one. <laughs> um, that I think, same. I think he gives us most of our good stories. Yeah. Well, that same day, um, Tucker, sitting over there, our banjo player, uh, decided to wander around the island without any shoes on and sunburn the tops of his feet so bad that he couldn't oh, yeah. put shoes on for another two days. Nice. I remember, well, Alan, you like chucked something across the stage. Yeah, I threw a shoe back at him because he yeah, threw it Yeah, and it face. landed on top of his foot. And he gave Alan this look of the most undiluted, pure rage I have ever seen out of anyone. I thought like, our, friends, I thought our friendship was done. I was like, wow, I just... Like, all the tendons of his it. neck were like three feet out. <laughs> Raging. Well, uh, so when's the album coming out? December the 1st at the Cat's December Cradle Back Room with John Howie Jr. and the Rosewood Bluff. Tickets are $10. Show's at 8.30. Wow, okay. I told everyone the wrong date last night. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So December 1st at Cat's Cradle. And uh, what else do you guys have going on? Anything else you want to plug? Um, not particularly. Yeah. yeah? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thank you. Look forward to seeing you. Hey, thank you for listening. I'm super excited to share these interviews with you, and I'd really appreciate you subscribing and leaving me a review, five stars preferably, but I'll take any feedback you've got. And uh, stay tuned. We've got lots more exciting interviews coming your way.